Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of the Vintage Church Podcast, where we are revisiting the book of Romans on the other side of a series we called The Letter. As we walk through this letter written by Paul, we realized all along the way there was a lot of meat left on the table. There were so many things that we just didn't have time to cover, even in the 16, 17 weeks of our series. So on the other side of that series, Jasmine Denton, our discipleship pastor, and I decided we would sit down, revisit this book and lean back into some things we covered and try to hit some things that maybe we didn't. So thank you for joining us. My name is Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Vintage, and we're so grateful for you tuning in today to Romans Revisited Part 3. Hello, Jasmine. Hey, Matt. Isn't it part three? I think it's part three. Four. Is it part four? Excuse me. It's Romans Revisited Part Four. Part four. This will be See, the last one. I'm not as professional as Jasmine. When Jasmine does Practical Faith Podcast, she has this nice, <laughs> beautiful, eloquent intro written out. And I don't do that. I just, yeah. matter of fact, we didn't even do any show prep. We just we said, let's it. go. So yeah. I actually did write an intro to this. Did you really? Of course I did. Because sometimes when we would do midweek live, yeah. it would be counting down to like five, four, three. And you would say, like, you're going to bring us in. <laughs> and so I did not because we really didn't, we didn't prep together right, right. for this. No. Uh, and... I didn't know when we when if we started do it. if I was going to do it or you were going to do it. No, and when we bad. hit record, I've left you out every single. It's totally start. fine. We can. This can be the Matt show. <laughs> I I have plenty of space to to have Jasmine show. Yeah. So we're fine. Well, today might be the final episode of this potentially. I think it will be. I think so. I think yeah, it probably think should be. Yeah. Um, we've walked through now the first pretty much eleven chapters of mm-hmm. Romans, and. Even now, I feel like, man, there's a ton of things that we could have talked about sure. that we have yet to talk about. And so that's just, that's the beauty of Scripture, that it is it is so deep. It is so wide. There are so many things that God can teach us in His Word. And every time you, it's like every time you go to a, a place, every time you go, even if you've gone a certain route, like my oh, yeah. wife's family lives in Landrum, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and so it's a very predictable, pretty constant drive from our home to, to her family's home. Right. But every now and then, even after 14 years or so since we've moved to North Carolina, mm-hmm. driving that same route, every once in a while, we'll go down and be like, I've never noticed that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before. And Ashley would be like, that's been there for 30 years or that's right. been there for like five years. Yeah. And it's funny that the more times you pass through, the, the the more opportunity you get to notice things that you didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way scripture is. For sure. That the more you read through, the more that you pass through the different books of the Bible, the more opportunity you give for the Holy Spirit to reveal something fresh, something new, or obviously we get reminded of old things and, and see new things. And so... Yeah, and if you want to continue with that analogy, a lot of times the reason that you don't notice something is because of the seat that you're in. Mm. You know, if you're driving, you have to keep your eyes on the road. And so you might notice big things, buildings, restaurants, billboards, uh, road signs, things like that. But the passenger can, you know, sit and look from a different vantage point mm. uh, and and they're noticing and paying attention to things that you can't because of the seat that you're in. Mm. Uh, we, you know, when we drive, a lot of times, I mean, this isn't necessarily about control, uh, but I do love to drive. I've ridden and, with your husband. I know why. <laughs> um, Sorry, Lyle. It's okay. And uh, so there are times that 
like I know, so my family lives in Brevard, and I know from here all the way to Brevard, I know the exits that all the Starbucks are on. Yeah. I know where all the Sheets gas stations are. I know where all the speed limit changes are. I, I know all of these things. And so when we're driving and I look over, if, if Lyle's driving, then, and I notice, you know, you're you're going like 80 miles an hour and it's 65 through <laughs> here. It's because he doesn't, like, he hasn't sat in that seat as frequently or pay attention to the speed limit signs. He's just, he's always going to keep up with traffic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that you you see things based on where you're sitting. And there's even times mm. that we drive and our kids are in the back seat and there's things that they are paying attention to and the things that they see from where they are sitting that I don't notice, that I don't pay attention to. Um, and it is. And so every season of life, you know, every pass that you take through a piece of scripture you're going to see it a different way because you're in a different seat. You're in a different place in life. And you're you're right. Like Yeah. The love, season you're sitting yeah. in shapes how you see it. Look at you with your alliteration. <laughs> I mean, that's so true. It is. And, and then the other thing I think is that's why it's awesome to study the word in community. Yeah. That you've got people sitting in different seats that can share perspective mm-hmm. and have noticed things from the seat they're in that you're not in that you failed to see. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I do want to say before we get started, last week I felt like I was flippant about something. Okay. In uh, Romans nine, ten, and eleven, and you know, basically my whole thing was like, I don't, I don't see what, like, what is the big deal uh-huh. here? You know, um, I want to recant that or at least amend that. Okay. Because I, I want to to say, scripture is incredibly important. And scripture shapes the way that we view God. Mm -hmm. And then the way that we view God shapes our life. And you said that several times throughout the series and often when you preach, that the way that that you, what you believe about God is what then is how you play out your life, you know? Yeah, what you believe about God impacts what you believe about everything else. About everything. And there's a lot in Romans 9, 10, and 11 that if you don't, sit in it, mm-hmm. that if you read it and, you know, can take just things sort of at, at first glance, I think that it could misrepresent God that, you know, the whole, he is the potter and I am the clay that that can create some, some sort of idea that you are a tool, that mm-hmm. you are, you are just, you know, material in his hands and he's mm-hmm. going to use you for whatever purpose that he mm-hmm. wants and that there's no affection or tie heart tie attachment that he has to us Mm. and um and so i I just want to say it's not that i don't care about what romans 9 10 and 11 say but because i've read all almost all whatever of scripture i have a good view of who god is and what his character is Mm. and so when i read in isolation romans 9 10 and 11 my view of God has already been shaped by scripture. Mm. But if we just look at 9, 10, and 11 by itself, yeah. Yeah. you can you can go down some dark places yes. in belief about God. And so I don't want, you know, if, if anybody thought, you know, what yeah. I said last week in any way meant that I didn't have a high view of scripture or that wrestling with it or sitting in it or taking belief from it right. wasn't important. That is not at all what I was trying to say. I would be, I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't be shocked by anything, but <laughs> yeah, no. I would be super shocked if anybody landed in that conclusion yeah. about what you said. Yeah. Because I think it was very clear as to like what you were saying that 
you don't understand how this has created so much controversy, controversy. Yes. or why it has created so much controversy in light of the cumulative view of Scripture. Right. And that's why it's so important that we always talk about that. And it's important for us as a church to to preach all of Scripture. And yeah. it's one really big value in expository preaching, which, again, if you don't know what that means, it pretty much means you pick a book in the Bible and you just kind of wade through mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know— I'll be not. I'll be honest. Right now, it's nice to be a little bit of a break to preach some other things that have been on my yeah. heart for a while. Really excited about this Sunday's message. Um, not that I wasn't excited. I'll be Last honest. Week. Those times I wasn't really excited to preach. Oh, they were really. <laughs> uh, but it, it's again. It's and that's the thing about scripture and where things go sideways in our faith is when we. I don't think we can elevate any part of scripture over any other part of scripture. Uh, and that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's important that we continue to challenge people, read all of the Bible, read the whole Bible. to understand any of it. You have to have some idea of all of it, even the parts that you think maybe aren't, aren't needed or aren't necessary yeah. or because I'm a Christian, the old Testament plate. And, you know, we've tried so hard as a team, as, mm-hmm. as, a, as a duo yes. throughout the last year to say, no, Leviticus is important and here's why. Mm-hmm. And if you've not watched, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched our midweek lives that we did throughout the Lenten season, I really encourage you to go back and, and watch, watch or listen those. to those. Yeah. They're on the vintage YouTube channel. They're on the app. They're on all the spaces that you normally find uh, content from our church. But Jasmine and I, in, in a really broad and, and minimalist view almost. Yeah. Kind of walk from Genesis to, to Jesus and walk through Leviticus and walk through some of the prophets and walk mm-hmm. that there's a reason why God moved on the heart of people to canonize the mm-hmm. scripture the way that we have it. Mm-hmm. The the sixty six books of the Old Testament and the twenty seven books of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Did, did I get that right? Uh isn't it sixty six <laughs> total? Yes, it is. It's yeah. It's yeah, fine. It's 66 total. My yeah, brain. Total. Um, yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> so, but like all of the Old Testament and all of the the, the New Testament is super important and yeah. very, and it's super cohesive. And, you know, yes. uh, one of the things that uh, we've, Marshall, who mm-hmm. leads our global missions team, uh, which we're, we're taking a team for our church to the Czech Republic in less than a month. First Yay. time we've taken a global trip uh, or an overseas trip, a in years, even before what, COVID, because no, it was before then. Really? I think okay. because of before COVID, there was things happening in Haiti, which we were folk. Anyway, um, one of the questions is, why do you believe in the Bible? Like, like she wants me mm-hmm. to kind of help people process so that when we are asked that question while we're in check and, you know, there's a lot of good reasons to believe in the Bible. There is, you know, yes, it was written by humans, but it was inspired by God and it's been protected and preserved by God. And there is a lot of really stringent criteria that went into choosing of all the ancient writings, mm-hmm. uh, you know, why the books in, that we have are in the Bible. There was a very high standard as to what would be put in and what would be left out. And it was not just, if it was just things that were comfortable and culturally easy, a good portion would have been left out then. Because we act as if there weren't mm-hmm. some cultural tensions happening in the time of, you know, the canonization of Scripture that right. are that are happening now, and and so it is. There's a lot of reasons to reliably trust, mm-hmm. reliably trust, sure. trust the reliability of yes. of Scripture, and so 
as we kind of lean back into Romans, there's we we did leave off at chapter eleven, and that was a kind of good place to stop because mm-hmm. chapter twelve is a pretty significant shift. It is as Paul is writing those first eleven chapters are very very doctrinal focused mm-hmm. theology, um, soteriology, mm-hmm. which is the study of salvation. salvation. If you've ne- if that's a new word to you, uh, it's very much that stuff. And now twelve is okay. Now that you have some doctrinal understanding, let's talk to talk about practical implications yeah. of that understanding. Yeah. I love this. And I do love how this chapter, and specifically the first two verses in chapter 12, basically shaped the the remainder of the series. Because it does. It shapes the remainder of the letter to the Romans that right. in view of God's mercy— and I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to mm. offer yourselves, your lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. This is your true or spiritual or logical mm. act of worship. Um, and that keeping all of those things in view. I mean, because even that, it shapes verse 2. Because in view of that, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, mm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I love that setup of sort of that idea. And I think that you said it this way, um, because God did, I will. Mm. Because God did this, I will do this. Right. Um, and I love that even though Paul basically wrote two verses in Ephesians to sum up all of Romans <laughs> 1 through 11, I love that he took 11 chapters to do it. Yeah. Because so much, I mean, so much is even poetic. It's beauty. For sure. And um, intertwined with, like, lawyer talk and um, just some really deep doctrinal and theological things. But, Mm. um, and then he gets really practical, which Mm. I love. Um, And, you know, the, the first two things that kind of, catch well gosh I, I mean we could I think we could talk for a long time just about verses one and two but mm. um the idea of a living sacrifice and I think it was D.L. Moody that said the problem with the living sacrifice is that it can crawl off the altar yeah I've heard that before yeah um, maybe it was D.L. Moody yeah. yeah I think it was I think it was D.L. Moody um so D.L. if you're hearing this in heaven <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> you can correct us if we're wrong uh that uh, it is a daily choice, a mm. continual choice um, to to offer your life as a living sacrifice. Um, you think about even the words of Jesus mm. daily. Daily, take up your cross daily. Mm-hmm. That it is. It's not a a one time prayer. It's a it's a everyday decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, is that Jesus or is that Paul? I die daily. Well, Jesus said, "Take, take up, up your, your cross." cross. Um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, so that idea that it, it is a continual thing, that this isn't about salvation. This is about sanctification. This is about how you live your life post-salvation, post-knowing this is what God has done for me. I believe it. I accept it. Um, that then we're sort of given two, two commands in opposite of each other. So one is do not be conformed mm-hmm. to the patterns of this world. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love both of those words mm. um, because that word conformed, uh, I don't know what it is in the Greek, but basically the um, the idea is don't fashion yourself. 
mm. after. And even thinking of like actual fashion, you know, I mean, I can't tell you growing up, I, I loved magazines. I was a big fashion magazine girl. Um, that you would, you would look at these, um, at these magazines and that's how you knew what was cool. Mm. That's how you knew this is what I'm supposed to wear. This is how you, you know, put this kind of outfit together. This is where you shop for your clothes. Um, you know, if you take this quiz, you can know like what the best first date is going to be or whatever. And, you know, you very much, I mean, I very much patterned Mm. my life after what I saw in these magazines because I felt like it was giving me, you know, practical practical tips. God didn't tell me how to like style overalls. Um, right. You know, but that we look to things in this world to pattern our lives. Mm. And, and I think that we do it so, uh, so often and so casually. And it's, we see that example everywhere that I don't think that it even catches our spirit sometime of, Hey, that's a pattern of this world. And, um, you know, a big thing that you talked about in this was like, pay attention to what you consume. Yeah. And I want to say something. One of the things that, that even as you're talking and Mm -hmm. you think about the language that Paul uses, don't Mm -hmm. conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm -hmm. That he doesn't say don't conform to the pattern of this world, conform to the likeness of Jesus. Right. You know, that, that's not what he says. Uh -uh. Like in how... We we can easily say, okay, I'm not going to conform to the world, but I am going to conform to right this belief system, mm-hmm. this tradition, mm-hmm. this the 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 opposite of not conforming to the world is not conforming, conforming to, to, to religious right. expectation. It's it's a transforming, mm-hmm. not a conforming. Yeah, just that that's a really well, important distinction. It is, and it's I mean it's two different Greek words because I did actually look up the second one. Right, and transform is metamorpho. Yeah, which I mean you think about metamorphosis. Yeah, what a butterfly does, it is literally it's to from, change into a completely other form. It's more than just change what you do; it's change who you be. Yeah, yeah, it and like a, that's a whole sermon, whole podcast, whole that there. Yeah. Because sometimes we just trade conformity from one thing to conformity mm-hmm. to another thing mm-hmm. and then wonder why we don't have joy, we don't have hope, we yeah. you know, don't have all the things that we thought that abandoning the pattern of the world right. for the pattern of our religious system. Yeah. Because you don't get what faith brings by just conforming your behavior from one paradigm to another. Right. And that, that it is literally a transformation. It's mm-hmm. a, it is a inside out, not an outside in yeah. type of thing. And that's a distinction that I didn't really lean into that day. Mm-hmm. But the, the more I've even thought about it and you saying that kind of triggered that thought again yeah. in my mind is notice the, the contrast. Yes. It's not, okay, again, stop conforming this way and start conforming this that way. way. Right. It's no transform, mm-hmm. a, sh- a really internal holistic yeah. shift that happens in our lives mm-hmm. as we surrender ourselves to Jesus. Yeah. I mean, even if you continue thinking down the line of a butterfly mm. and that process of metamorphosis from, you know, from the caterpillar and then into the chrysalis, what actually happens inside of that chrysalis? They basically turn to goo. Yeah. Like it mm. is not a pleasant or mm. easy process. I mean, they are completely transformed. And so, you know, I think that also helps us to manage expectations of transformation. Yeah. That it's we not are, just a cosmetic. 
No, it's not. Change. It's not cosmetic. It is whole, yeah. you know? And then that's where Paul in, in chapter seven wrestles with that tension of, mm. I ha- I have been made alive in Christ, but I'm still in this dead body of sin. Mm. And, and we have to live that way our entire life. The, we'll never be able to shed our physical body in, in this life. Mm-hmm. And so it is a, it's a, it's a whole life of getting that, that sinful dead body to be transformed. Yeah. And, and that is a, not an instantaneous process. And as he moves into, to verse nine, I mm-hmm. think about verse nine through 21 mm-hmm. is like, this is the evidence of that transformation. Yeah. And, and it, for these things that he unpacks in nine through twenty-one of chapter twelve, uh-huh. that can't just be a a, a behavioral right. Yeah, it is. It is a real sifting and shifting of very important things. You just heard me sneeze. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have cough buttons in our no or sneeze buttons in our podcast. We don't. So. I try to get as far off mic as possible, but you know, it's it's a pretty good mic here so yeah. who who knows um uh, but before we get into 9 to 21 which reading through that whole list mm. it, uh, even as I was rereading this morning I thought the only way that you can do this mm. is through the power of the holy spirit yeah. yeah um because in my own humanity I don't naturally rejoice with those who rejoice Mm-hmm. and weep with those who weep. Mm-hmm. Like that has to be a God working in me. I think some people maybe are are born natural empathizers mm-hmm. um, and some aren't. And I think that both require the work of the Holy Spirit. One, to like not melt, yeah. in, you know, into puddles every time something happens. And then the other is, hey, you need to soften toward people. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But before we get there, Paul uh, Paul talks about spiritual gifts, and uh, this isn't something that we talk a lot about in our church, um, and it's something that just in the last couple of months that I've been thinking about and doing some listening to different people about spiritual gifts, because I think that sometimes we confuse spiritual gifts, like spiritual gifts, with talent that we have with a willingness that we have to serve, which serving is a spiritual gift, that we we can sometimes, um, I think we can go one of two ways very easily. One is to completely ignore spiritual gifting and think that it's not important. Yeah. Or two, we can lean hard into spiritual gifting and think that is all that there is and that is the only way that I can operate is within my spiritual gifting. And we can obsess over it and take a million tests and it can get as as consuming and as um, focused as, you know, any kind of personality typing inventory that you can do. Um, and and I, I think instead of running toward toward one end or the other, that we have to start talking about, there are gifts that God has imparted. I mean, he says, sorry, I'm going to have to hold my Bible up, um, that uh, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly, that we do have these spiritual gifts that are supposed to edify the church in a spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. And 
that we need to exercise them. And so you mm-hmm. can't you can't exercise them if you don't know them. Mm. Um, but then also you can't get so caught up in, well, my spiritual gift is leading. And so if there's not a position for me to be leading here, then I'm out. Like I can't do anything here. Um, yeah. So let's talk about spiritual gifts, Matthew, because you've got feelings. I can see. I can see. <laughs> y'all can't see. I can see on your face. Uh, Go. This is one topic that that has always puzzled me. Sure. Uh, number one, like where did we get the term? Spiritual gifts? Yeah. Here. Paul even says it in Romans 1. Spiritual gifts? He says spiritual Re- gifts. Yeah. Okay. Read it again. Okay. And in the context in which it says this. I understand like gifts of the spirit, like they're, they're, they're given to us by the spirit. So is that what we mean? That there are things that are given to us by the Holy Spirit of God? Hang on, I got to find it. This is not the Bible that I normally read out of, so I'm yeah, going yeah. to peruse. Because, I mean, that's that's one thing that, you know, and maybe a part of my uh, hesitation, frustration uh, in some of these labels is the way I've seen them hijacked, misused, leveraged sure. to do or not do different things. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so here's what he says. Uh, this is Romans 1, uh, 11 is where he says it. He says, mm-hmm. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. So just that idea of— But even there, like—, like- are these the same things? So it's the actually because he's not saying like I want to impart teaching. I want, he's like I want to, to. I want to share with you the spiritual gifts that I have, in order to what does he say? So that you may be established. I don't. I don't know that it, that he means exactly what. What it says? No, like it's it, he says in part, or what part a spiritual gift. It's like I want to to be beneficial to you spiritually mm. i want to encounter you in such a way where it feels like there there's a gift there's something that betters your life and that kind of stuff i don't think he's necessarily saying like i'm going to use my this and my this and my this to make you better like i want to i want to leverage what god has put in in like leverage my influence leverage my encouragement leverage my whatever in mm-hmm. order to to give a to add spiritual value, hmm. as in spiritual gift being a spiritual value. Okay, does that make sense? It does. As opposed to, you know, sometimes, I, and, and maybe I'm, I'm I'm not right, or maybe I'm not articulating the way I want to say this. That in that moment when he's saying, "I want to be with you," so that I can add to your spiritual development. Yes, that the spiritual gift is the advancement of your faith. Uh-huh. Not necessarily the but, specific thing that Paul has to offer them. That the gift is not necessarily what Paul has, but it's the impact that Paul that has would on leave. Others. And it might be through the means of those things. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I don't know. I don't think that that necessarily voids out, though. That No, it's not that it voids out. The, 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 the way that, that the— the gift will not come through the vehicle of the different th- things that Paul has to contribute. Right. 
But the things he has to contribute aren't the gift. The gift is the result of leveraging those things in their presence and among them. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. I don't know that I'm like. Read it again. Okay. Okay, this is also in the NASB, if anybody's wondering. Uh, For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. And so the way that the, or my little footnote says, uh, in other words, exercise his gifts for their benefit. That means that's impart. That's what the word impart means, to yeah. exercise for someone's benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Hang on. Okay, so now let's go back. This is fun. All right, so now let's go back to Romans 12. Uh, because I think Romans 12, it also hits the things that you've seen abused in churches where where we've said things like, well, if you have the gift of prophecy, if you have the gift of preaching, or if you have the gift of teaching, that these things have been somehow elevated above other gifts that we have. I think that he kind of heads that off at the pass in verse three. He says, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body and all the members do not have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And then he goes right. through and lists. Yeah. Sorry, that's a long, I know when we're silent on a podcast, I always look down yeah. and I think like, wait, did, did the podcast stop? <laughs> no, I don't. I think part of what he's saying in Romans 1 and because it's the same word. It's we not, can, though. Um, or, or, what do you mean? Because it's like, because we translate it as the same word. We yeah, hear we translate gift and then we hear the word gift. Yeah. It's like these are the same things. Yeah. Um, to me, when I read chapter one, that uh-huh. word is saying there, I think less about Paul's, like, I can't, you know, nec- like, it's, it's, I don't know what I'm saying. So do you think that any gift, okay, so then what's the difference between a gift and a talent? That's the question. Uh-huh. What is the difference? I'm asking you. Um, <laughs> jerk. Um, <laughs> because there's a part of me that's like intent, motivation, reason mm-hmm. for use. Okay. Because okay. The, what makes teaching spiritual and non-spiritual? I guess it would be spiritual teaching. So it's it's... Spiritual teaching in the content of the teaching so or maybe. the motivation of the teaching? I think the... Mm. Hang on, let me think about that. Because, the, see, that's what I'm thinking. Because I also think... Because I hear people say that my whole life. Uh-huh. Well, there's a difference between a talent and a gift. Right. And what is that difference? Yeah. Because everything that he that we just... That you just read, serving, mm-hmm. teaching, mm-hmm. encouraging, generosity, yes. leadership, yes. are all things that are present in people in a non-spiritual context. Yep. And used. Yes. So is it the source 
that makes it spiritual that this is not something this is something that comes from God. So is is it the the people that have that that didn't come from God just because it's not being used for God? Like is that where the transition changes from just a talent to a gift? Right. Because if well, God is the one who gives us the ability to do anything, our intelligence, our right. our physical ability. Right. Because our, we've been made in his image. Yeah. And Every because we're formed on, by him. Right. That the, where it shifts from a just a just a talent to a gift mm-hmm. is motivation. Is when you start serving for the glory of God, teaching for the glory of God, uh, encouraging for the glory of God generosity for the glory of God, mm-hmm. leadership for the glory of God, for the for the glory of God and, and the building of his kingdom. Yes. That's what distinguishes a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift from just a, a talent. talent. Yeah. I could get on board with that. Okay. So then in in that reality then it, it all comes down to like motivation. Mm-hmm. So if you're leading even in a church context mm-hmm. And your motivation is your glory. Is it a spiritual gift? No, I would say then that's a talent. That's just something you've got a knack for. Just a natural but it's still, leader. But it's but it's if it was put into you by God, by the Holy Spirit. Uh huh. Does He take that away if you if you begin to misuse it? Maybe He takes away the platform that you Maybe. use, but not necessarily the gift itself. See, that's what confuses me about all this stuff. When I hear mm-hmm. this conversation of gifts and talents and that kind of stuff, and it's because everybody there, in many of these that are mentioned here, uh-huh. most people have the capacity to do these things. Prophesying would much would be very much a spiritual thing, uh-huh. um, and outside of that, think about in in a secular non. Yeah. Christian. Serving, driven, teaching, exhorting, giving. Everybody can do these leading. things. Because sure. so when you, and I think that's one of the reasons why some ele- some spiritual gifts have been, have been elevated, elevated when you start getting in the conversation of tongues and prophecy and that kind of right. stuff. Because like all these other things are present in every other arena of the world and of life. Uh-huh. But these things seem to be, and so they're, they're over-spiritualized and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And so I think that's what, like Paul's saying is, I want to impart something to you. I hope to give you a spiritual gift, uh-huh. not an earthly gift. Okay. So like that's the distinguishing thing that, that you think from there. Yeah. Something okay. that benefits. Your spirit. This, this is a, a, a gift for the spiritual development of your people. Right. Of this community. Yeah. Like that's, I, I long to use whatever I can to mm-hmm. contribute what I can to give you a spiritual gift. And again, the spiritual gift not being the talents, the, talent. the things in So that's Paul. in chapter 1. Yes. And then here in chapter 12, he's saying God has given you each this, this a measure, a gift that you are to use. Right. To build his kingdom. Right. Do you think, ooh, I don't know that I want to go down that one. Yeah, I won't go down it. Now right. you have to. I know, I know. <laughs> no, so I was thinking, okay, huh? Because so much of this is like hypothetical. But do you see the distinction that I'm? That I'm I do that see I'm that distinction for now? sure. Okay. Because in chapter, because chapter one is, is the distinction is a spiritual gift versus I'm not bringing you bars of gold. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, that's going to do you no good in the long run. Right. And then also he's saying you're going to do me. Like the same way. Right. I will also receive a spiritual gift from you. It will be a, 
a gift exchange yeah. in the spiritual realm. And, and the vehicle for that might be teaching, might be, might teaching. be serving, right. but the gift is the, the spiritual benefit yeah. that happens, not the actual well, skill or... Sure. Well, and I, I think, okay, because I do think that people have these gifts outside of the Christian faith, for sure, you know, like we've talked about. You can't deny that. Right. But I think it's important if you know hey, I have the gift of teaching and I've been a fantastic, you know, Mm -hmm. sixth grade teacher for Mm -hmm. 18 years. I came to know Jesus. Okay, now how do I use this to build God's kingdom? Now, that doesn't mean quit your job. Right. Right. That means, okay, how do I use this skill? Like, I I know how to teach people. Yeah. But people, people get weird when you start calling. It's almost like you're diluting it when you say instead of calling it a spiritual gift, uh-huh. you call it a skill, you call it a talent. It's uh-huh. like people freak out. No spiritual gift is talent because talent seems selfish or self-serving. Right. And But there are talents, there are gifts that God has put in you. Yeah. And to kind of start separating all these things yeah. over weird fear of terminology. It's yeah. like, no, there are things that God has put in you. And, yeah. and it's evidence in, in other parts of your life, like mm-hmm. you're saying. And now what makes it different is you're using that thing yeah. for his glory and for the building of his kingdom. his kingdom. And that's the shift. Right. Well, even to like to pay attention to it, because I think um, even exhortation, which I think some may, maybe says encouragement, mm-hmm. um, but to know you are a natural encourager. There are just some people who are just they're, they're your cheerleaders. They're your natural. I'm going to come alongside you. I'll point out the gaps. I'll point out whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it beside you. And I think if if you if you either know that that is you, then you or okay, either you know, hey, I I'm self aware enough to know this is you know a gift or whatever. But I think where the other the other side of that is. And we, I'm so glad that we did. We did away with spiritual gift inventories yeah. here a long time ago. Yeah. Most of us aren't self-aware enough to uh, <laughs> to It's just like your Cosmo quizzes. Exactly. You answer it's, them based on a yeah. lot of like, I know the outcome that I'm hoping that this says, yeah, so, so I'm so going to answer, answer the, way, the right. Yeah. 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 Um, the better way to do it, again, is in community. Because you'll you'll have somebody, and um, even Jenny Austin, uh, who's on our staff, she pointed out in um, – staff meeting a couple weeks ago, she said, you know, sometimes you have to name things in other people. Mm. And, and so I think there are times that, because often the thing that is your gifting comes so naturally and mm. so easy mm-hmm. to you that you, you make very little of it, mm. but for someone else, it's a big deal. Yeah. And so be in community, be with people and even have the conversation of like, what am I good at? Like, what ways has God gifted me? Because I do believe that God gifts us. Mm. And sit in in a group of trusted believers who walk close enough with you to be able to see these things. And for them to say, like, every time you explain, like, every time you tell us what God is teaching you in the Word, like, it's so clear. Mm. You are a really good mm. teacher. Now, that might not equate to, this means that you're going to preach one day. Right. You know? It just might mean... Maybe your your next step is you need to lead a Bible study. Mm. You need to like sit down with somebody and have coffee and talk about the Bible every week. It would be su- of such a great benefit to someone else because you teach so clearly. Mm. Um, and so I love that. And and I think 
more than anything, that's what I wanted to get out with this spiritual gifts thing is, and which leads into uh, nine through 21 is you cannot do this unless you are in close community with people. Mm. You can't serve people. You can't build one another up. Right. You can't use these gifts of exhortation or giving or mercy if you are not living in proximity, close proximity right. to people. Um, and and so have those people to, and if you have more questions or you're now even more confused than you were in the beginning about There's two gifts, more things that I could go. bring up. Let's go. Then We're this here. is not going to be the last episode of Romans. Love Revisited. it. We're already, we are 40 minutes in. <laughs> because my, my, this, but this is a topic that I've always wrestled with. Sure. Because again, even the way we translate that thing in Romans 1 uh-huh. is based on things like, I think we've projected because thoughts of the way, and ideas. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's, you know, and, and I hope that everybody understands now what I'm trying to say about what Paul said in, right. in Romans 1. Yeah. Uh, it, but it, but the other thing with the there's two other things in this whole concept of spiritual gifts is if it's a gift, do you just innately know how to do it or Ooh. is it something you have to develop? I, and the reason why I ask that is because some people think, well, I'm gifted. God put this in me and you get kind of lazy and you don't think you need to grow in it, develop uh-huh. it. Like just because God put a natural in- inclination, a natural mm-hmm. lean towards being being efficient or good or proficient right. in something yeah. doesn't mean that that you can't grow in it and develop yeah. it. Well, that's my spiritual gift, so I have all that I'm ever going to need oh. in it. Because I've seen people in like sure. that. It's, that's why people don't try to grow in uh-huh. as communicators or as Bible teachers right. or as musicians or uh-huh. singers or whatever. It's like, yeah, and just because you got the opportunity doesn't mean you have the gift. Ooh. Because sometimes we assume we're gifted because somebody gave us an opportunity. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. And that's a whole other realm of things. <laughs> and the other thing that I want to point out is I believe what a spiritual gift in that God can impart to you something that doesn't come natural to you uh-huh. in a moment or in a season a when it's needed way. Uh-huh. for God's glory. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Because it's like, you know what, again— um. Uh, I've never done that before, but mm-hmm. God's put you in a position where he's tapped you on the shoulder and said, I know this is not comfortable for you. I know this doesn't come naturally to you, but in this moment, in this season, at this place, the Lord says, this is what I need you to do. Yeah. Um, I look at the life of Moses Yeah. and you wouldn't have known Moses and thought he was gifted to do what God called him to do. Right. If Moses would have taken a spiritual gifts test, he'd have still been sitting <laughs> by that bush that had burned up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there was nothing in his history that said, I'm a really great leader. Right. Nothing. And so this is a much more complicated, nuanced yeah. concept than we want to admit. Sure. That or we that just, we're even willing yeah. to wrestle with. Because I think that we just want, we want to take a test. Or we want God to tap us on the shoulder and say, here's your spiritual gift. Right. Now go use it. And we're not willing to sit and wrestle with right. it and talk about it and figure it out and read about it and pray. Oh, for the yeah. love. That we, we claim spiritual gift based on opportunity, uh-huh. based on what I enjoy, yeah, based on what makes me feel good about myself when uh-huh. I do it. Yeah. And it's not that all those things don't weigh in, uh-huh. but there is so much deeper levels to this conversation of spiritual gifting yeah. that we have to be aware of. Yeah. Especially as we 
seek to, to get, again, he says, we don't all have the same function. Right. We are this big jigsaw puzzle and every piece is uh-huh. a little bit different shape, but when We're together body, yeah. it makes something, you know, I used to, Aiden used to love to do Legos. And yeah. I remember looking at these pieces and getting it all together. And there's like this, this one super uh-huh. important piece that seemed really small and insignificant. But when you put it in, it made the whole thing complete. Yeah. And so. Well, and, you know, even you you saying, hey, kind of God tapping on the, the shoulder and say, I need you to do this for this season. Yeah. I will empower you to do it. I think about because the language Paul uses is that of a body. Mm. And I think about, you know, when. um like you break your arm mm. and your arm then is you, like, you can't use it. You can't do anything with it, you know? And so other parts of your body have to, have to compensate for that thing for a season until that healing happens. And I mean, and you can look at that in the whole body of Christ right now. Right. Like who is wounded right now? What part of the body of Christ mm. is immobile Right. because of, whether it's self-inflicted or from outside forces is wounded mm-hmm. and we need to make up, we need to fill in that gap, yeah. you know, and God taps us on the shoulder like that in those seasons. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This is a really important. It took us a little while to get there. It did. And even hey, like, but that's fine. Like, and if that's, you're listening, sometimes. Thanks for hanging with us. Yeah. And, and I hope you did hang to yeah. this point because, you know, I didn't start this conversation really well. And Jasmine and I were kind of like working through this a little bit together. Well, again, y'all get to hear a really raw conversation. Yeah. We did not talk about this beforehand. And as as much as we have studied the word and, and know the word and have, there's still things that I'm processing. Lord, did I get this right? Mm-hmm. Am I thinking about this properly? And again, I'm learning more and more. There's things about my life. They were not incorrect. They were just incomplete. Yeah. And God is is is, is more... Is, is forming uh-huh. my understanding and position. It's like, no, you are, you are not incorrect about that thing. That, yeah, it is a talent. It is something that you naturally can be good at that God's put in you, that that is a spiritual gift. But it's also, it's not just that. There's right. also other things to it. And when we lock ourselves into a limited view of something this yeah. important, we handicap mm-hmm. the church. Because as a pastor, I watch my, like, and a pastor's kid, yeah. I don't do that. That's not my thing. Yep. Uh, or this is what I've always done. Yes. And if I can't do this, I'm going to do nothing. Yep. And I don't know how you justify that in Scripture. No. I don't know how you justify no contribution at all to the body of Christ that God has put you in. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's time for us to broaden our mind and believe, yeah. you know, you know, we're about to go on this mission trip. That's right. And there are going to be times when, you know, you've never done this before. You don't think you can do this. This is not something that you would naturally choose. Yes. But in this context, the Holy Spirit's going to tap you uh-huh. and you're going to have to trust him to equip you to handle it in that moment. Right. And he will spiritually gift you, supernaturally gift you uh-huh. to do something for his glory right. because he is about his glory and he'll even use your no talent self, <laughs> does it with me every single day yeah. to do something eternally significant. Yeah. And there's people that listen to this, that this is, that you needed this conversation huh. because there's people that are listening and there's, I'm, I had coffee with a guy this, this morning mm-hmm. and the door for him to do what he did for years has, is not opening and yeah. it's not going to open at our church. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. like, you're sitting, you've got to decide, yeah. okay, I've got, I've got to trust the Lord to lead me into something else. To serve him. Right. And I think a lot of people do that. 
yeah. as as you know, we we open this conversation about sitting in different seasons and having different things, uh-huh. and that's true in our gifting and our contribution to the body body of Christ as well. Mm. That you know, that's why I always tell people. People say, "Well, God called you to preach." No, He didn't. Huh. Uh, God called you to pastor. Well, kinda. God called me to serve Him. Yep. And that's what He's called all of us to do. Yes. I just happen to serve Him as the pastor of a church. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, how I serve him is teaching his word, standing on a platform in front of people week in and week out. Right. Your calling uh-huh. is the same calling. Same calling. It's just manifested and you're used in a different way. Correct. The person that is sitting right now in their office uh-huh. or in wherever, right. it's the same calling. Yes. It's just a different platform, different avenue yeah. and in a different way. Yeah, you're just in a different room. Right. Yeah. I like that. It's really good. So we got about 12 minutes. Okay. All right. Well, let's see. Let's just, let's finish out. Tw- do you want to just finish out chapter yeah, 12 Yeah, let's then? do that. Let's do that. Uh, I really thought this, I didn't think this would be that long. <laughs> we Says opened a can of worm always. when we got, and if, again, I want to challenge it was, people. It was a can of worms, but that yeah. that's was a big thing, you know, that we talked about coming into this podcast was there was a lot. I didn't touch on this meat. at all that day. Oh, zero. Because, I mean, we've been talking for 40-something minutes about five sentences, mm. you know? Um, and that's the beauty of long-form mm. conversations, yes. you know? Uh, so, okay, so the rest of chapter 12. Um, again, all in view of God's mercy. Can I just read this? Is that okay? Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. All right. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hmm. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who bless you. Wait, sorry, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Mm. What are, what are some things that just jump off the page for you? You know, we open, he opens this chapter with do not conform to the pattern of this world. Yeah. And you think about how contrary everything that it just said is to the pattern of this world. Mm. The cultural norm <laughs> is to celebrate your success and revel in other people's failure. Yeah. The cultural norm is, well, if you do that to me, I'm going to do even worse to you. Yeah. The cultural norm is 
you hurt me, it's my job to make to to fix it to make it and my right my right yes absolutely it's just you know even verse 20 says on the contrary in the translation <laughs> that I have uh-huh. like everything that he says is saying is when when you make the decision to follow Jesus to no longer conform to the pattern of this world and allow him to transform the rate your mind right this is the result and and I think about that, the transformation of the mind. You have to change the way that you think. Right. That your mind and heart are so transformed by Jesus that not only are you no longer conforming to the pattern of the world, you're walking in a way that is polar opposite uh-huh. of the cultural norm. And you think about the things in our world. What, as, as you read this, my heart kind of breaks a little bit. Because I think the last two years in the midst of political division and pandemic frustration, these are the things that have gotten lost. You know, honor one another above yourselves. How often do we say, you know what, I'm going to, it's not, right now it's not about what I want or what I need. Mm. How often, you know, have we really walked in this in everything that this says. To me, this is a checklist. It's a, it's a gut check to say, <laughs> yeah. okay, if I'm really allowing Jesus to transform my mind and I'm thinking the way that Christ would have me to think, these are the ways that I should be practically living in the world that I'm in. Yeah. And I've seen, if social media is at all true about human behavior, sure, we've lost a lot of this in the last couple of years as followers of Jesus. Yeah. I read this and I think, what better thing to pray and ask God for? Mm. Like to take this passage of scripture and to turn it into prayer, to say, you know, God, today, let the way that I love the people that I say I love and those who I'm supposed to love, let it be without hypocrisy. Mm. The things that are evil, call my attention to it Mm. and let me hate it. And that might be you hate the evil that is done to someone else. Mm. And you can actually see it and name it and say, no, that is not good. Mm. Um, Help me cling to what is good. God, I want to be devoted to my brothers and sisters in Christ in brotherly love. Let me feel an affection Mm. for the people that you have put me around today. Um, Help me to give preference to one another, to honor people. Mm. Like you could, I mean, I just think, how would my life change if God would empower me to do these things? Mm-hmm. If through the fruit of the spirit that is developed in my life, as I'm that, you know, branch attached to the vine, that like, if, if I could just do this, and then if other, I mean, even just a smidgen of it, it mm-hmm. would be so different, yeah. you know? I look at verse 12. Mm. And yes. Be joyful in hope, uh-huh. patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Mm. Just, those just think things. about those three things. Yeah. Be joyful, not in circumstance. He doesn't say be joyful. Be joyful in hope. And and in the hope, the hope we have is this living hope that Peter right. talks about. The hope is in Jesus. Be joyful in Jesus. You could essentially say right. Um, that he's talking about be joyful in this, and. When we lose joy is because when we try to anchor it in the wrong thing. Joyful in hope, patient in affliction. 
We're not patient in affliction. No. Because affliction, it says, so in other words, when it gets hard, just be patient. Yeah. No, when it gets hard, we want to hurry. Yeah. I want to rush. Affliction, yeah. there's nothing we want to. Or get out. To get through faster than affliction. Yeah. He says, no, be patient in affliction and then be faithful, be consistent in prayer. And and the conviction that washes over my spirit <laughs> as I read that with some of the ways that I've I'll let let hopelessness sink into my heart, that I've let things rob my joy, how I've prayed, God, I'm just so ready for this season to be over. Lord, just like it's got to end. Like, please, <laughs> Lord, just let like let's get through this. Let's I want I'm, I want this to be over. Yeah. And like I don't think I never pray. God, give me patience in affliction. I pray, God, take it away. Uh, Remove the affliction. Yeah. We pray for more removal of affliction than patience through affliction. Yeah. And then that faithful in prayer, am I, am I only praying when pressure pushes me to my knees? Uh, and I'm not constantly really seeking God. Yeah. Uh, so I think if, if you're listening to this out there and you need to go back and read 12, 9 through 21, and just reflect on your own life and just say, God, show me what, what part of this is not present mm. in me. Uh, because, it, and, and is it because somewhere along the way I put something else in view? Yeah. Then I'm living, the way I put it throughout the remainder of the series, with God's mercy in constant view. Yes. With your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Yeah. And our eyes have drifted towards other things. Uh-huh. And when they do is when this stuff becomes impossible. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When I think about a lot, a lot of these things, and if we could say, if we said, yeah, I don't do that, but I have a good reason. I have a good reason <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that I don't weep with those who weep. You know, that right. if we look at someone weeping and we say like, why are they crying about that? Like, they need to get over that. That happened a long time ago. They need to get right. over it. Right. Like, okay, just, no, weep with those who weep. Yeah. So what is it in you yeah. that is keeping you mm. from being able to do that? Like, what is, like, there's some, there's, there's something at the root, something that needs to be transformed. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you read this and as, whether it's a checklist or a measuring stick, and you see those places where you, you don't measure up, that's the place that you have room to grow. Yeah. And and don't don't back away from those places. Mm. Don't turn from those places or justify those places. Yeah. Lean into them, feel that tension and and say like God, okay, I see this is where I can grow. Mm. So, right. You yeah. do it. It's good. Well, that's going to we'll let that be the end of Romans revisited part 4. Uh, if you're listening, we would love to hear from you. And once again, I feel like we come to the end of these and I'm like, we probably said something really stupid over the last hour. Well, but if we did, um, we'll trust God's grace to cover it. And we'll trust your grace out there listening to reach out to us. If you need something clarified, if you have questions, we would love to hear from you. Maybe there's something about, uh, the spiritual gifts conversation or somewhere along the way, as we've hit on something that has triggered any kind of 
response in you that you feel like you need to share with us, we would love it. We welcome it. We invite it. So jump on the Vintage Church app, hit respond, or you can shoot us an email. All of our email addresses here at our staff are our first names at vintagechurch.net. So we would love to hear from you. And it looks like we will be doing more episodes of Romans Revisited, and we hope you guys keep listening. Thanks for joining us today. Take care.